This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, you guys, welcome to the podcast. Got some special guests today. I got the Stoneflies in the house. I got Robert Raquelli and TK with me, and they are my bandmates. And I've been playing music with them for a long time, and we're going to talk about music and probably a bunch of other stuff as well. In fact, that's Robert and TK playing in that song right there, the intro song. What? Oh, really? I thought those were session players. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, you guys. I mean, it's just so good. Hey, what's up? What's, what's up? up? <laughs> so let's start, Robert. How did how did we meet? How did we start playing music together? Well, let's see. So, gosh, I was with Rick um, Poe. Yeah, so I was playing with Rick Poe in this cover band in uh, Ventura, East Ventura. And they're like, oh, you need a keyboard player. And I was like, you know, looking up, trying to find keyboard players and have um, a mutual friends. Like, you know, I know this guy, Guy Jeans. You from, should. from Ohio or something? Or? Um, I think it might have been John Berlin, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, I know this guy, Guy Jeans. You should call him up. So I called you up. And then you joined the the Falling Rocks. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the falling like, cl- Classic uh, rock covers. And, um, and then... We started, like, they'd go take a break, and we start jamming, like, reggae tunes in between the breaks, like, when they were rehearsing, and yeah. then we started going to Ventura College and jamming there for, you know, hours and hours and hours. I mean, I think we knew, like, four songs. So, and what about TK? How did how did you meet uh, all of us? And I remember. remember. Uh, so, what I, happened I I was, is I was a partners in a defunct music store, and um, while uh, the business was operating, um uh, my friend was getting married and uh, his wife wanted this band uh, Lion Eyes to play for their wedding reception or whatever it was yep. and uh, so somebody I somehow got in touch with somebody and ended up being Spaz right? Dave Spaz right and being Dave and so I called up Dave and he was doing the Dave thing and I go dude that's not going to happen here's what's going to happen right so or, or it ain't happening he goes oh, okay so anyway you guys ended up going up to this wedding, so Santa that's where, I, yeah, and it was really cool too. One fifty, yeah. Area is bitching that little park camp here. So, what, so that's where I met you guys. So what TK is talking about? There was a band in Ventura called Lion Eyes, and it was a eight piece band with horn section, and um, we were playing all over the place. We played, I don't know, three or four times a, a week, if not more. And um, and you were doing, I think you were doing the sound at that wedding, and yeah, that was the arrangement I made with Dave. I go, look, I'll do the sound. So you're going to lower the price, like whatever, like half of what he said it was. <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> that's all that and then that started your involvement in the band. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and don't take this the wrong way, but uh, you know, I kind of came from a background of a lot of technical musical stuff, sure. right? And I hadn't been doing it in years because my life had changed. And so you, you guys were kind of an excuse for me to go, oh, shit, I forgot. I really like doing this kind of crap, right. you know? And I was involved in a music store. 
So I thought, well, it wasn't about the sales. It was more just like, I forgot how I really like doing that kind of shit. So that's yeah. kind of what stuff, that's kind of what got me into doing it. I remember. Watching it. And then I met, because what was interesting to me, because I always have a tendency to look at stuff from a musical standpoint, uh, strategically too, like what you hear on the radio is that you guys had a really different sound. And then, you know, when I met the individuals that short little amount of time, it kind of made sense because everybody was different. Yeah. And everybody was really different musical backgrounds. I didn't know you guys knew each other that oh, much yeah. at the time. So to me, uh, I thought the tunes were catchy and blah, blah, blah. But I thought there was like, you know, some things that needed to happen. We so fooled you, didn't we? <laughs> you know, uh, I think you did the sound for us for maybe a couple of years and then you became the guitar player. Is that what happened? Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I think it was kind of a conglomeration of things. I think that kind of happened because... Somehow I got involved with the guy that was doing those recordings. I was helping him. Oh, uh, yeah. oh Bobby. He, no, no, before before that. And so you guys were a gold mine, and I knew Jeff. Oh, the, the guy from Heart. Well, no, that was, that was no, before him. No, um, Mick and... Mick, yeah, remember yeah. Mick guy? That, that thing he was doing, the eight-track stuff? Yeah. Mick, okay, Mick so Lovely. that whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Those, those tracks ended up uh, at gold mine. And so that's how that kind of happened. But I think I kind of was helping you guys a couple times. And then, uh, uh, you know, honestly, like every band goes through a, a phase where they get uh, more professional, whatever. So as you guys were working stuff out, I just got interested in the sound part because I'm really into doing that. So that's how I kind of merged with you guys is doing sound all over the place. Right. So uh, that kind of ties in. I don't know if you remember, is it ties in where you guys went through different guitar players or yeah, like that. Did. Yeah. And then yeah. in the studio, something kind of happened where you were doing the, the mixing uh, yes. and the guitar player. Yeah. Just for, I don't know if you remember but who Peter was, a guy from head of BMI marketing. Yeah. And well, he was talking with me about stuff and he was telling me, and uh, what's the dude from warehouse records was talking to me about, you got to change this. I don't know if I told you I was letting him listen to the tracks and stuff. I think so. And that's kind of how I got into it. It was a complete, cause remember somebody, whoever it was quit. And then you guys had that event you had to do in San Diego. Oh yeah. Now, yeah, that was the first time I ever played with you guys. That was with uh, no doubt, no doubt, yeah, with yeah, no doubt, right? Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah, because I remember uh -huh. the thing I remember is the scratch tracks that I put on there for those guys to listen to before I had you and Bobby come in and listen to it. Oh yeah, I didn't pay attention to them. I just put them down there real quick, right? So I had to remember all that, go play that gig, and I had cheat sheets on the floor that I taped down there. Yeah, and then those. Uh, well, you know what the story with that is anyway. That ended yeah. up being, that's, so that's how I, yeah. and I, you guys said, well, you only got to do it for like two weeks or these next shows. <laughs> you know, I think uh, also, you know, there, at that time back in the, I guess it was the early 90s, 90s, you know, it was uh, 92, 93, 94, all the way up, you know, is that there was a cool uh, musical revolution going on in Santa Barbara and Ventura County. Mm -hmm. yep. All the, yep. the different bands that were, um, performing in fact uh robert you're playing with one of them tonight right spencer are you playing with no spencer? that's um dave grossby spencer's um next week oh okay well, yeah. with anyway cool yeah and, and so um you know there was all these cool bands that were coming out of santa barbara um with spencer spencer the gardener toad being the wet one sprocket toad the wet sprocket dishwalla um, and then I rails and mud heads down here. Yeah. And what was the rock band though? There's a rock band. Primitive, primitive radio gods. And, right. And then big bad voodoo daddy yeah. and the Scott daddies yeah. and all this, all this musical uh, revolution was going on in our area. And 
all the clubs were were actually paying bands to play, and a lot of these bands were writing their own music, which was kind of yeah. Um, new to the the music scene, you know, yeah. back then, because everybody before playing was playing covers and Blues stuff. Covers. And, and our band at the time, Lion Eyes, was writing songs and and packing clubs, and and that was kind of cool. So, I mean, for that to happen just in our area um, back then, that was a pretty impressive well, can thing. Can I throw you know? something in there? Yeah, of course. So, from the business side of it. You know what happens is is followings. You know people that get a following. The following goes and spends money, so they sell beer, blah blah club, what you there. So what happened is as the that band evolved, you guys evolved through this thing. You know the the portfolio got more professional. So you probably don't remember, but there weren't any bands playing original music in clubs. It was all top no. forty or DJs. Yeah. So that in in a sense, um, I don't know if you remember Stan's old band. What was the psychedelic uh, dichondra dichondra yeah. yeah so they were kind of too out there to do you know bar Psycho music. symphony psychosymphony yeah, yeah. 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 Symphony. incredible yeah. guys so um what happened is is, is is yeah, yeah what you guys were playing uh was danceable and all this stuff so it kind of created uh, to be honest the line eyes pretty much started that thing in, in ventura county and then it evolved from there because there was nothing like that and then it was a deal where it kind of went from there to Santa Barbara, all that stuff. It's really weird. It actually started in this weird, like, was trippy to me because I went through the San Francisco era. So that's like a whole other different deal. But so you guys actually kind of that music and the evolution of you guys kind of kind of brought that whole thing on and give the kudos. You know, you had a guy that on the business side, give or take, uh, was really good at marketing himself and everybody else <laughs> so but that's how, a, you know that's what yeah. sort of brought that whole wave on it was it was amazing for me i was stoked because i hadn't seen that since the late 70s yeah exactly i want to also say there was another rock band that was doing really well they were getting looked at too um uh, a couple of bands. One was uh, Something for Nothing with uh, uh, John Lombardo fronting that band. Oh, and, right. Um, that, that was an uh, awesome band. Yeah. They had some great songs. Nothing. And then uh, Eric Lemaire's band. Um, oh. Um, was it Enoch? Or? It was. No, that's after that's. Um, um, it was. Um, oh, my God. I can't believe I that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, Eric Lemaire was an amazing performer and. And guitar player and wrote some great songs yeah. as well. Um, and um, then, and then the reggae. There's a lot of good musicians. I mean, it was just unbelievable. All the different bands that, I mean, any, any night of the week, you could go downtown Ventura, Santa Barbara, and I mean, Crucial DBC. Yep. Up in Santa Barbara. Um, all those bands, man. Um, what a blast, huh? Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. And we then, were part of it, which was cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Raging Arb and the Redheads, of course. Raging Arb and the Redheads. Yeah. Oh my God. And uh, Guy Martin. I mean, I could go on and on. All yeah. the different bands. That well, were, it was a. It was a. Like you said, it was like kind of a wave that started. And what's what's weird is I always believe that that's cyclical. You know, like it goes yeah. and comes, goes and comes. And so the the whole thing to me is, of course, the music's kind of got to be there. And and whenever you're playing music for people if you're not having fun nobody else is yeah so if you're playing top 40 and going we got a break you know what i mean it's kind of it doesn't it's not infectious i remember one of the things that uh attracted me to robert's music was that i was a big um police fan right and and robert's drummer at the time was the police's drummer uh, Stuart Stuart Copeland. copeland and i remember um going up to your house in ojai and you were practicing and you're 
your uh, grandpa was there. Oh, right. fuck all. <laughs> You'd always say that. But anyways, you were practicing in there in some little room or something like it was, that. It was actually, uh, it was a bathroom. Oh, that, okay. That we did, oh, weren't really nice. using. And I put, I put my drums in there. I was like so happy. I'm like, oh my God, so, I got my drums. So talk about, talk about how you started <clears throat> drumming. Cause that's a pretty cool story, you know, with your pots and pans and you just uh, kind of started doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was that. So I went with my mom uh, and my uncle to go see uh, Yes on their uh, oh, at right. the forum for their um, uh, what was the album going for the one I think it was so it was probably two albums before they took a break and then they came out with 90125 I went to go see them not because I wanted to see the band because they were going to a restaurant and they were going to have pizza and I was like I want to do that so I went anyway <laughs> I got some pizza which was great and then I went to go see the concert and I saw Alan White and I was just like oh my god like an epiphany moment, just like, boom, that's what I want to do. Anyway, then I saw the police with Oingo Boingo, and then Where'd I- Where'd you see them at? Same place, the forum. Wow. I saw, that was the Ghost in the Machine tour. I saw the oh, police. Those guys, were playing, those guys were playing together? Well, uh, it was, you could tell that basically Oingo Boingo had just gotten signed uh -huh. like to whatever label they got. And it was in, like 81, uh -huh. 80, 81, and they'd just gotten signed. They were the opening act for the police. Sweet. Yeah. So it was such a cool show because, you know, he has red hair and it's- yeah his white beater on he's playing a xylophone and yeah. they're all punked out yeah and then i saw um and i saw rush a little later and then i didn't get my drum kit really until i i got out of high school and got a job and basically bought my kit within a year of that but weren't you playing like little i was or? i so i had a uh, surgery and i was home and i had this chair this chair and i had found a stick at matillaha high school it was a one drum stick and i had this <laughs> this wood dowel and uh -huh. i would i put my crutch there and i my crutch was the symbol and i'd be playing my chair and playing to all these songs and i was just like this is the best but i didn't really get my kit until like 89 so 88 and then did you take lessons and, and i did uh, with jim christie yeah and, i took some lessons let's talk about him real quick he's um well he's God, he's played with Dwight Yoakam and he's Lucinda Is he still Williams. playing with them? Or? You know, I haven't talked to him in a little bit. It's been uh -huh. probably 15 years. Oh. But the last time I checked, I mean, he was playing with that, uh, what's that, that guy from Bakersfield? Uh, uh, Buck Owens. Buck. Buck Owens? Yeah, he was playing with Buck. He was playing with Buck before he passed, I uh -huh. think, for a bit. Oh, wow. And, you know, just, just a session guy and great touring drummer. Yeah. And, but I took some lessons from him, but I was always late. <laughs> yeah. So, no. no, dude, check it out. He are you, like that. Are you, serious, are, serious. This is how bad it was. So I'd have a lesson at like two thirty, right? Yeah. And I would show up at like two forty five. And he'd bail. Like, no, no. He'd give me he for a little bit he was like, Okay, dude, I'm gonna you know but eventually like after the third or fourth lesson, like, dude, you gotta be here on time. So I actually got I was actually, you know, two minutes late and then he was like cool with it, but I was just <laughs> I, was I can't no, imagine that. No clue <laughs> on how to be on time or, you know, yeah. at all. I was just like, you know, just took time to get me. Yeah. So, can I ask a, ask a yes, question? Sir. So, uh, I was wondering about stuff like that. So, something was driving you to want to do that. Yeah. Right. Well, I, 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 I knew like, it was like I used to watch, you remember the electric company? That show, the electric yeah, tech show, because I would hear that. There's a very, in closing scene, it's all these drums, right? Yeah. And I would hear that. I just really pay attention to that. And then I didn't know until I saw the band Yes and I saw Ellen White up there playing that it was just like an epiphany, just like, boom, that's what I'm supposed to do. 
just like that. Oh, that's cool. Instantly, like, not like, hmm, I wonder if I want to do that, but yeah. that's what I want to do. And that, that's really cool. And right? I stayed focused on it until 12th grade. And I got a job uh, with my friend Lamar Hoover and was, you know, selling uh, third world products that were coming from Nicaragua to help, I guess, I guess the Sandinistas or whatever is what his mm. His company was, and, and I saved money for like eight months, nine months. Can I ask one more question? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you still get the same uh, stoke when you play? Yes. When I'm just not working my pool route, and right. I'm not, because I don't have a place to rehearse, so I got to go set my drums up at a place, set them up, play, break them down, load them in my truck. So, when I'm in the moment, I'm just, just playing my drums, yeah, I get that stoke. But, that's cool. You know, after a 10-hour, 12-hour day, and then, you know, it's like 8 o'clock at night, you know, kind of still gets stoked, but it's, you know, yeah. wears on you. But you have, like, you have one of those drum kits that doesn't... I did, but I or, give it back to the guy, uh, my, one of my customers, uh, Kevin Clark, loaned it to me. Really nice guy, architect, mm -hmm. drummer, and, and I, it just wasn't, wasn't really working. It's just too different, you know? So I, I'm going to... But this guy's going to help me soundproof my little... Drum room. Sweet. But what about UTK? Well, how did you uh, get into uh, well, playing music? And uh, I mean, you don't have to go back into the, yeah, we'll the 60s or whatever, but you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I, th I got forced to take music lessons. Oh, when for I was your mom? Really, yeah, when I was piano? really young. You need to go do Yeah, piano. Okay. So, uh, me and my brother both, right? What did he play? Huh? What did he end up playing? nothing he started drag racing that was he went to the car thing <laughs> He's like, Whatever. Uh, so anyway I, I did that and it worked it worked pretty well um uh i went i i was motivated because if i did the lessons good my mom wouldn't bother me right so i just got through it really quick and i just for some reason could do it you know yeah. i don't know i didn't know that then so then i i uh this is the weirdest thing I'm going to cut this short. So anyway, I did that. And then my uncle, who was like a good old boy, you know, definitely a good old boy. Uh, on a Christmas, he brings this album. And I, he doesn't listen to this music or whatever. So we put it on the mono stereo, you know, when they didn't have Elvis? stereo. No, it was Jimi Hendrix Experience. Oh, and Jimi I was sitting Hendrix. there listening to that and go, I'm doing that. That, you know, yeah. so that's like an epiphany was, moment I need, for I you. Need, oh, yeah. I, was, dude, I, was, I don't know what he's doing, but I, I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm do that. Yeah, so I got my mom out of the piano thing and got a guitar. And because she worked at the university, she knew one of the top musical people in the university who happened to be this insane guitarist, this woman. Oh, wow. So I went, took a few lessons, and... She kind of decided she was going to teach me differently than everybody else, which I didn't know what that meant at the time. And so she gave me these projects, you know, so I went and learned this stuff note for note, every single thing about it went back. Okay, next, you know, and uh, so then I got lessons for free. She gave me a scholarship. So oh, she nice. just started teaching me oh, everything. You know that, how to shred. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's, cool. that's what happened with all of that, and then it went on to other things, and then I lost my way in a lot of junk, you know, drink <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> uh, yeah. But all my friends that I grew up with, are, even though they were nuts, they were all musicians. Yeah. So like we Johnny, always, Johnny, all dudes. Yeah. Like we'd be sitting there, you know, doing what you're doing back in them days, and and just go, yeah. hey, let's just jam. It's yeah. Just you know, start jamming. That's fun, so man. Tons of that with all kinds of. Like people that didn't even know who they were at the time and found out later, oh, that was that dude from, you know, what's my call it? But yeah, because that's what you did back then. So 
that was my appreciation. Then I kind of got away from it for years. And then, then you saw us and you said, I know, I want to revisit that. Yeah, it was kind of weird. But you were playing with other bands in Ventura, I remember. Yeah, like, I, I did. I, I did it kind of like as a, as a fun thing, I guess you would say. Um, it, I was really busy with the, my professional life and stuff. So I was uh, doing that like it was a release, you know, yeah. because like the one thing I like what you're saying when you, when you play the drums are like, Part of my life, I was corporate, right? So when I'd go mix audio, I'm like, going, oh god, you know, I'm mean, like in a <laughs> totally different world. And so music and audio and sound has always been like that. And I think I always, um, it always fascinates me. It's not so much the level, the abilities of the people that play, but that music is this thing that's, uh, it's a hundred percent creative, like art. Like right. you could look at somebody's art and go, "There's no way I could do that." Where did that come from? Right. Yeah. So even though you're playing the same notes, the same chords, the interpretation of that and how you play, especially when it comes to bands, right? To me, that's just an endless. You're never going to solve that problem. You're always going to be going, "Wow, what a trip!" You know. So that's that, that's the thing that got me back into it. And um, cool. Lionel Lion has had something to do with that too. To be honest, guy. I think. I think. Um, I think. You know, one one of the one of the interesting things about um, us three, for one, is um, and I want to talk about how we, uh, you know, started the Stoneflies. Um, but you know, Lion Eyes kind of had this amazing run, you know, in a regional level, and went through some record contracts and some uh, lawsuits, and you know, all the stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff, and. And then the the band finally uh, ended up breaking up, you know. So I think, um, you know, other versions of of that band started like Papanata, and then we all kind of went different ways and stuff. And and then um, and then uh, I I moved up to Kernville and started the the fly shop and stuff, and kind of got out of music for I think almost ten years. Yeah, you were, I, I was kind of done. I was kind of like <laughs> jaded and and you know had my focus on uh, fly fishing and stuff. Yeah, and then um, uh, Kristen, um, uh, Bruce, our bass player's uh, wife, called me up and asked if I would um, be willing to to get Lion Eyes back together and play a show for breast cancer uh right. awareness and so she basically got all of us back together which yeah. was a big feat i think there was like 10 or 11 of us on stage and we sold yeah. out the ventura theater and it was a big big fun thing it was um and then we had another we i think lion eyes did another album and it just kind of everybody was kind of you know living in different areas or whatever it was it's and hard just to did, get us together but us three um we wanted to kind of you know keep that creative uh juju going and and that sort of thing so we we started jamming together and as a three-piece and um uh, practicing up in ohio remember at the uh matillaha yeah um what was that oh, place called hot springs uh, matillaha hot springs it, yeah. it burned down in the 18 2018 fire there oh, did it thomas fire yeah, yeah. oh it did gone okay well we were playing there and it was like you know you couldn't you had to go through gates and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But um, I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, the there, there was something there. We were just uh, as a three piece. We were just jamming and having fun and writing songs and stuff. And then we started doing little, basically starting at, right out of the garage again. Yeah, you know, from starting scratch. Yeah. And we started. Remember that that gig we did up in in uh, Kernville. You know, at that guy's house. You know, those people that. Oh yeah. It was like on their patio. I do. Yeah, and we were. I think that might have been our 
first gig? No. No, it wasn't. Go no, that was go a back. gig go back. At, a, at a house. Somewhere. Oh, no, we were no. at the shop. Is it the shop? shop. Oh, that's right. It was Our at the fly shop. It was at the shop. Yeah, I so we, we moved all the fly displays and everything to the side and, and invited a bunch of people and everybody, was, right. everybody was digging it. Oh, my God. And you know what, dude? I, th- I think I remember we were just jamming, you know, drinking yeah. beers, having a good time, and people thought we were abandoned. They came in the door and started requesting songs. We're going, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yeah. And and then one of the dudes that came in owned uh, what you call the Kern Brewery or something like that. Oh, yeah. And, and then we played there. Yeah, and then yeah. and then it was like, yeah, like, and I was going, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we played the brewery a couple times, and then um, we played uh, we played at the Elks Lodge up there, and then we played, then we played down here somewhere, and we started doing shows around and stuff. Oh, Baker, and, Bakersfield um, and the yeah. the Bakersfield Fair, Sensushi, Sensushi, and the Bakersfield Fair, and we started playing just little gigs around, and then we started adding more members, horns, and saxophone but i mean none of that was none of that was a plan it just happened because it was because it happened you know yeah the way i look at it it kind of well it's cool you know yeah Yeah, the next thing you know there's uh six or seven dudes in the band playing and stuff but i think the um the interesting thing though is uh the the core you know us three playing together and writing songs together and how it meshes a lot of a lot of people don't understand that you know that's you know, it doesn't come along all the time, you know, where you can actually like, you know, sit down with, with somebody, me and TK really mesh really well, writing songs and you're adding the, the drums and, and that sort of thing. It just, it just really comes together. Don't you think? I agree. Yeah. And so let's talk about the style. What do you, what is the kind of style that we play? I mean, what do you guys think that is? Hmm. I'm going to say <laughs> reggae, some reggae, obviously ska, and we're all, in that influenced by reggae and ska from that was some of this first i mean other than like yeah. yes and all that fusion stuff but i listened to a lot of reggae and ska and rock you know kind of like i don't know just the stuff that was happening in the 80s and it kind of goes through your life is a music that's important and you keep changing it and upgrading it and then there's new stuff that comes out like no doubt or you know the that ska scene and then you then you just keep but you're part of it and you just keep upgrading it and changing it i don't know so that's always I, been the dilemma of kind of like trying to figure that out. Yeah. You know, like what, what, what is it that we play? Yeah. You I, know? I, that's what's kind of weird for me. Cause I think probably a little bit differently as I, um, I think we have an ability to, to, to groove together. Good. Yeah. Like, you know, we can lock as a rhythm section. So to me, if we come up with a groove, it gets beat around and goes where it goes. Like to me, I've always enjoyed, like I'm a huge rhythm section fan, you know, everybody, there's always a front guy and all the solos and all that kind of stuff. But what you actually feel when you're out watching something is the groove period. Yeah. You know? So yeah. to me, it's, it's always what, what's fascinated me about like what guys saying, how you get a group of people together and they figure out these grooves, right. And these grooves turn into songs, you know, arrangements and all that stuff. So I guess for me, because I always feel like, like, because it's the things I've worked in in my life, I, I can pigeonhole something, go, cause this is kind of a sound and blah, 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 blah. And this is how I need to mix it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm really apprehensive about looking at anything that I'm involved with and putting a name on it. Right. Because I, I don't want to go, Oh, this is what it is. Yeah. yeah I, I'd rather you do that. Yeah. You're I, just I'd rather go, is. is this, is this what people think it is? Cool. Because I wasn't influenced. Once you label it, it's like, yeah, it's just weird. Know. So that's always been a, on original music, I'm saying, you know, it's always been a thing to me, like where it is, what it is, you know, what do you yeah. think it is? So I don't really know. I've never been able to figure it out. 
I mean, I, it's it's definitely got that offbeat rhythm. You know, it's got some, but you know, I mean, there's there's songs that we do that have, you know, um, like I believe, you know, on the second uh, album, there is like not even ska or no. reggae or anything, you know. But it's movie I mean, stuff. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just um, it's definitely, I, you know, I think the thing about us is, you know, the the songs are, are created. I mean, how cool is that to be able to create? music and songs and um and then go play them live or even do videos with them and and that sort of thing how cool is that you know it's pretty cool that's why i like to do it it's fun you know, for yeah. me yeah um like going the days of going out and and uh playing gigs until two in the morning is like you know <laughs> 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 which we've not, done thousands of you know i, I like still kind of do it but the yeah. gigs are now over at like they're nine. like five yeah <laughs> And you're home one. at 10. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I, I like those kind of gigs. Those Kevin are great. get home at like 9 30, 10 o'clock. And we're like, perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I still think like back to the original or the early fly days, stoneflies days. Yeah. To me, what was really fun is when, uh, because you know, it was evolving at that time, we were doing those three piece gigs. Because there's basically nobody to look at. Like if you screw up, pretty oh. much it's you. Yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere else That's to right. look. You, know? you can't, can't look fake it like it. Bruce. Or, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, look at anybody else. But I, I always thought that uh, uh, when you when you expose yourself like that to a group of people, I think the reason people associate with you because they go, oh, "That guy's not perfect," or you know, whatever, uh-huh. and it kind of makes it real. Yeah. So I. I kind of think like no matter what, at the end of everything said, not that I want to be in bars playing until two o'clock in the morning, four nights a week. Um, the life stuff is is your test. You know what I mean? Not yeah. because it yeah. wouldn't be there listening to you if they didn't kind of like what you're doing. But I always listen to records, whatever CDs and all junk. But you know, when you go out, there's always something about a live gig. If if the band comes from an area where they could just sit there and jam, that something's going to happen. That isn't on the CD. Yeah, you know, yeah. I do love that, that stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah, well, for <laughs> yeah. sure. For me, it was like, hey, Dave, take us to you know yeah. wherever that's going, Kurt yeah. River, and then we just kind of like, or you know, whatever you say, and yeah, improvisation just kind of is totally. So improvised. for me, it's it's when you get to go play a live gig, and you know, after you've done all your jamming and whatever you do, and songwriting, arranging, whatever, uh, that's. You know, you, you got to convey that to people and knowing that, you know, the studio has a controlled environment, live doesn't. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of the, yeah. ultimate, it's kind of the ultimate test too. You yeah. want to run yeah. the music and see that you can get, you know, get it improved and you can get through it better and you can maybe improvise it or make it better or just play it the way it's supposed to be. Can I say one thing just as, as an analogy? <laughs> Absolutely here? not. It's, I know I shouldn't. Okay, so I'm not going to mention who the group was. Okay. But I did a session, and I was actually playing guitar. And I went, studied all this music, and went up and didn't realize what it was, but it was a big festival. Oh, yeah. And and didn't realize that's what I was playing at, ah. right? So, oh, I know. It's just which, yeah, it was kind of a little bit intimidating since I hadn't done anything uh, like that in a while. And I was covering somebody else's deal because he couldn't play who was it it doesn't i can't say anyway so we go to this thing and there's some good great players there that i knew because i've mixed them before you know so right. that kind of stuff right. i don't think they even knew i played so we get out there and so this is this the thing that spe- the re- i'm alluding to something so 
we start playing these songs and I've learned them like, you know, cause this is not my music and I'm going, okay, I'm going to nail this stuff. So, you know, some of the things I'm having to do intro solos and stuff like oh, that, right, you know, right, right. so I, I get everything in there, I nail it. And then there's a couple of times where, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the groove, right. And people are getting off and to the point where they stopped. So because of the years and stuff that I was taught, you know, basically I was doing like a, a reggae skank in the background. I just kept skanking. And I just looked at everybody and go, this is where the beat is. When you get through, figuring out where you are. And, and. Okay. So we could, we nailed it down to a reggae band. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So when they pulled it back together, so to the audience, it looked like a giant ad lib. Right. right. It worked. And, yeah. It worked. You pulled it off. You pulled it off. Right. And so the difference is, is like when you're alluding to people that can groove together. The, the one thing is, it's, it's a joke, but I always heard, look, I don't care if you play the long, wrong note, as long as you do it in time. Yeah. So if the rhythm section is gone, nobody's that's grooving is going to get it. That's the end. You know, so to me, that, that, that thing that like what you guys are talking about, we had bands that can do that. You know, and I've been around some really gnarly bands in the background that they're, you're like gone. You know, you could probably go to the bathroom, come back, and the guy'd still be in time, walk right in it. For sure. And yeah. so that's a huge thing to me, like to get to play with people that, cause I know what it feels like when you get lost and you're going, oh, yikes. <laughs> anyway, that's just talking about being or, able to groove together. We're on stage and we don't tell guy that we're going to do a uh, stop and guys like, Oh yeah, what yeah. Are you too. Well, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like I like being left out there hanging. That's that's awesome. I like the look back. Like, yeah, I like, oh, I guess I'm doing this by myself. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, but I think it happened at the uh, night in the park. What's the thing? The oh, it was um, it was that uh, big old thing down yeah. Spencer's uh, McKenzie's. Uh, remember, I I was playing, and and you guys, I, I, something something <laughs> happened, and you didn't come in or something. And anyways, so what's the? Um, yeah, but at least you kept time. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> you, you I, handle that. Staying a little bit longer. <laughs> um, so what? Let's talk about like you know over the years, like what's uh like you know being together, and, you know playing music all these years together. What's like some of the craziest things that have ever happened? you know, that you can remember with the bands or the gigs. And I have one in mind that I'll tell the story about, but I want to see what you guys think. I mean, you know, there's some crazy stuff that went down back in the day. I remember, remember? I remember the, the steel pulse thing we did with steel pulse, right? Where it was that trio. We Mm -hmm. did the Ventura theater and then we did the, we did the graduate and then we did the Arlington. I'm not sure it was the graduate or Arlington, but we did three shows with them and just, um, just getting to play his kid and then all the, there was all this, I mean, cause obviously we were, you know, a big part of the job, but obviously Steel Pulse was like, you know, oh, yeah, packed, sold out. Yeah. But it was so cool to work with those guys and, and just get to, um, bad, be a part bad of Bad boys. Inner circle. Inner, Inner circle. circle. Yeah. <laughs> bad that was boys, fun. Bad boys. Don't you remember what happened to you? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. They sound check through our line check. And we yeah. didn't get a subject. So, you know, it happens. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, 
For just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Here's a funny one. This is pretty funny. So we're up at um, uh, Santa Casa Barbara. Casa de la Raza? Yeah, Casa de la yeah. Raza. Should I tell that one? Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know which one I'm talking about? I think so. So yeah. anyway, so uh, this is pretty funny. Um, uh, Bruce and Brian were, um, Conaway were playing in the band, and in our band, Lion Eyes, and, and they, I'm, oh, shit, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get some grub. So they went to Burger King, you know, and come back to the, the sound check with, you know, some Big Macs. Who, or, who was or, that band that you remember? It was uh, Harley Mescal. Oh, yeah, right. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, one of the members of his band said, why are you eating animals? Animals are our friends. Fire to the flesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you know, and, and Bruce and Brian, you know, are just like, shit, man, I'm just eating my, my hamburger. <laughs> And then and then we're playing that gig. Oh, it was totally packed. Right. And then you know we're jamming. The crowd's going off. And then we'd stop. And then off in the very back, be all fire to the flesh eater. <laughs> I, I remember that. that. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> remember that? I do. That was sort of, that's like you know full Rastafarian guys that yeah, is, you know vegetarian. full vegetarians. You know, just yeah. not oh digging the fact that they were grubbing on. Burger King. What about UTK? You remember any? I got another great story. That- uh, well, see, I'll stay out of the X-rated. So, um, <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. This was kind of mellow. Mm-hmm. So the first gig I ever did with Lion Eyes was at the San Diego Convention Center for the Australian Consulate, mm-hmm. right? And that was when No Doubt was opening. Yeah, and. Uh, we're all up in a green room doing our thing, right? Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the what, the bass player and no doubt's like talking to me, nice guy. Yeah. And and you know, he goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm learning the songs." You know, I'm practicing them, right? <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, that was your was that your first gig? Yeah, that's my first gig. The big convention center, right? That's real. Yeah. Smart. So I'm up there. That was New Year's Eve. I remember. Yeah, it was New Year's yeah. Eve. It was a gnarly gig. So anyway, I, I'm practicing, and he comes over and and. The woman in that band, um, Gwen Stefani, is over there just on a hissy fit, right? And right. so I'm like sitting there going, What's that, you know, bad Chick word? Biatch, whatever. I'm going, well, What's your trip, right? He's going, Oh, dude, she gets nervous. And this is the bass player. And, oh, right? yeah. And then I find out after the gig, that's his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no, I'm that's like, right. Plus, 
uh, it ended up where they had a, a guy from my, one of the rock bands mixing him, and he just destroyed the yeah, way it sounded. It sounded so bad, felt so bad for him. And then our guy came in, they fixed everything, and the place went crazy. Yeah. So it was not a happy mood when we got yeah. back in the green room, right? Yeah. But I remember, I remember Gwen, um, after their set, she came, she came back, um, to, uh, basically the backstage area or the green room or whatever. And she was crying and she said, this is the worst gig I've ever played. Oh, and she did that. Yeah. She was, now. she was just super bummed and, and uh, the whole band was, it's okay, Gwen and everything. And then when we were playing, they all came out and they were all partying oh, and cool. having a good time and stuff. I remember that. Except they took all the champagne in beer. Yeah, we got, do- that's right. We, we got, got, we got back to have our toast. We had no booze. It's all gone. Oh, no right. You guys remember the interesting <laughs> thing. I don't remember. Well, I got that. one more on that. <laughs> okay. So when we went out to play, that was Lion Eyes. When I was in a wee. I was just feeling it that time. Yeah. But when we went out to play, we're going, this is going to be dead. I mean, it was bizarre because I remember No Doubt had probably 15 people on that big dance floor. Yeah. And so I think it was in the second song, place went nuts, right? Yeah. And all those girls were coming up on the stage. This is a big concert stage, right? Those girls came running up on the stage, and one of them ran right through my cheat sheets that I had taped on the floor, tore them all up. And I'm just oh, sitting there no. going, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> so, oh, no. And then my monitor went out, so I could only hear what was coming out through the room from the back of the room echoing. Oh, so no. I scooted back, and I watched your kick foot. Yeah. And I was watching Bruce, and then whenever the horns started to pull their horns, I'm like, okay, something's changing. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the whole gig, rest of the gig, going, wow. oh, okay, I can hear the key, it's got to be. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was the weirdest thing that happened to me. That whole thing was, especially it was the first gig I ever did with you guys, oh so it was God. pretty pretty yeah. trippy to me. So my story is Mexico. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You're going X-rated. Yeah. That's, <laughs> no. Like, that's so, bad. That was a bad, you lost your keyboard, blew up. Yeah, so we, oh. uh, I guess I'm not telling the story now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, dude, that's a book. Yeah. <laughs> you can write it, write a weekend, so we, weekend movie. We got it. this. We got the gig of Spring Breakdown in San Felipe. Um, and I think, you know, there's colleges there. I, do you guys remember? San Diego, that was, uh, San Diego State, yeah, UCLA. Frat, yeah. Frat thing. It was all these colleges came down and they were uh, spring breaking it yeah. down at San Felipe. Right. So it was just raging anyway. So they had a stage on the beach. They had rock and roll tacos where all the bands played the night before and then we were playing there and i th- i think that um i think that the club hold held like 500 people or something yeah. crazy right yeah and so um it was our time to go on at the club it was nighttime in downtown san felipe and it was packed i mean 500 people in there in this little little club and it was just packed. It might have held more people than that. I don't know. It might have. It might actually, have been a thousand. I yeah. don't know. Whatever. And um, the club owner comes up to me. He's all, "Hey, are you guys ready to go on?" And and I'm like, "Uh, yeah." And he's oh, all, <laughs> right, and Bobby's and gone. and I'm like looking around for Bobby, getting the band together. You know, that's like eight of us plus sound man. All right, you guys, we're gonna go on real soon. You know, and I'm looking around for Bobby. I can't find Bobby. And I remember Bobby. We had like a little thing for one of the Hispanic gals at one of the hotels, you right, know, right. he was kind of digging on or whatever. So I'm saying, I bet he's hanging out with her or, you know, talking to her or something like that. And so I had to run down the, the cobblestone streets of San Felipe to this hotel, which was really far away. And I walk in this hotel and sure enough, Bobby was in there like, trying to scam on this this gal. Right. And I'm like, Bobby, we're going on right now. And he's out and he's hammered. Uh. 
And so I'm like, oh my God, he's, you know, he's really hammered, right? So I get him and we're walking down and trying to like, you know, wake him up, you know, come on, dude, we got to go on stage. And so we go, we get to the club and it's just packed and we're making our way through the sea of people and um, trying to get him to the stage. And we walk up onto the stage and the band's ready to go. And all these people come up to the front oh, of the stage with tequila shots. Tequila. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and the, and Bobby's that. just all, gush, <laughs> gush. And I've, I did a couple too, but it was uh, it was unbelievable. So then we're jamming and the place is going off and everything. And then I think there was like a surge or something. Yes, and power surge. Did your stuff blow up? No, my stuff didn't blow up. Yeah. My, my stuff, I'm thank God it didn't. My keyboard, my amp went. or whatever, everything like went. And that was the end of the gig, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, the power so. went out, and, and so I had, I had a converter on mine. That's why I didn't blow it. But yeah. I remember that went out, and then all hell broke loose. And the last thing I remember is doing more shots, and one of, there's like two or three bars in there. Yeah. And I don't even know how our stuff got out. I don't remember anything after that. Mm -hmm. I literally don't remember. Yeah. It was, I don't even, I don't remember. I saw Bobby when you brought him up on the stage. And then when the bomb went off, I was like, <laughs> I, I don't remember any of that. I, you know what I actually remember, to be honest? I remember being, remember Fester was, we were in yeah. Fester's van with yeah. uh, Jeff and them. I remember being in the van the next day and Bobby's just, you know, yeah, uh, just like, and we're Going trying off. to get back across. That's what I remember is trying to get back across I the border. I went back with Larry. <laughs> Lucky you. So wait a second. Did we, didn't we do a, a gig in San Francisco and then we drove to San Felipe? No, that was just when you were with Rami. Oh, okay. Book in the band. Okay. So where did we come from? Or where did we Ryan? just had, did, hadn't had a gig and we just left that day before. Like, oh, we did. Day before, like, I remember it was like, yeah. isn't it like 12 hours or something to get down there? Yeah. No, there was, we were, cause we left at night. In those days, you're playing three or four nights a week. So maybe we maybe we, we never did it come from and, somewhere, you know. So because uh, no, I remember no, we had a gig the night and we stayed in L.A. and we were driving down. Yeah, because I remember yeah. we we got Fester <laughs> to uh, hook us up in the van and everybody got in the van and went to sleep. You know, that's I don't even remember getting across the border. Yeah, right I, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was there was so much on that that trip that I don't even. It was like not going to talk about it, but there's it was it was interesting. We didn't we play on the beach? Yeah, the next then the, day. The, the next day. The beach. So that night was interesting too. So it was like, you know, the the hotels were just raging, the pools and into control. the night, uh, no sleep. And then we had a gig at like nine in the morning on the stage on and the then, beach. Do you remember the, the? Did we play that gig? Yeah, the no, car. I remember the speakers on it talking about the election who's the president oh, yeah. be elected yeah. it's like six in the morning and they're like i don't remember that i, I do it's it so loud you can't you're like what is going on yeah what about um do you guys remember johnny loves in in uh san francisco i remember it was yeah. a fun club to play yeah do you remember yeah. that yeah my friend was there uh kenny yeah oh did, did you go remember we stayed in his recording studio yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we all we so all. So that was like an amazing place yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. Like who's that was who cool. That was yeah. a fun place to play because people, you know, it's not only are you playing on a stage, but there's people up on the bar dancing, and they're you know, it's like this. Everyone and it was a very time. talented place in terms of yeah the other people. Mm -hmm. What yeah. was your what was your guys' all time favorite gig ever playing with uh, or ever with the uh, the bands? What was your all time favorite? Probably the graduate gig yeah. 
at the with with uh, with with Lion Eyes with Steel Pulse at was, the, in San Luis Obispo. Yeah, there's a couple thousand people there, and there's just a we had done a bunch of gigs prior to that, so we were really tight. Because yeah. I, I know that wasn't the last gig; I think that was the second gig, and then we did the. So that would be my favorite, and we've done some fun gigs was, with Stoneflies. A lot of yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Do you remember any? Do you have a favorite? Oh, you know, I don't. I don't know that I did because I think the ones that were we did one somewhere in an outdoor park in San Luis somewhere. Oh, Do you that, remember that? Yeah, was, that was Polly Palooza. Palooza, right? Yeah. And the reason I remember that is because you know you guys are on the front line, me and BC are in the, in the back line, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of. Uh, T-shirt lifting going on, and me and Bruce look at each other going, "I can do this." I don't remember that really. Oh, yeah. Well, you're playing drums, dude. You could. Bruce is looking at me like, "Going, I'm going." You know, there was a lot of T-shirt lifting going on up there. Yeah, (laughs) don't remember that. But I I don't know. I I think I had fun. Almost every. I mean, I can't think that I've ever played a live gig where I didn't. Well, I could say one. What was that place, the Bastille, and um. Oh, in Hanford. Oh, in Hanford. Was cool. In Hanford. That was an Where, odd gig, yeah. though, playing in a jail. It was cool. We killed it, but yeah. I, I, was, I was upset because one of us didn't show up until like 10 minutes before the Who gig, and I was out walking around the block, you know, because that would be the guy named Bobby. Uh, Bobby, <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I, I always liked playing in San Luis for whatever so reason. Uh, San Luis was always awesome. Um, the Slow Brewery. Uh, that, 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 that place, place was, was great. We we, yeah. we had a resident residency residency. Thanks there. to Brian. Yeah, yeah. Brian. I used to play there a lot. Brian yeah. Conway got us. The, yeah. Remember our first gig there? Yep. And, and then um, that packed. was fun. Yeah, that was cool. I actually got a date out of that place. That was a pretty good thing <laughs> for me. Um, what about uh, the Stoneflies gigs? What do you guys think about what's been your favorites with the Stoneflies? I'm going to synopsis it. Any one of the live festival we would, events we did, and mm-hmm. the one that I really, really loved was the one at the hatchery. Oh, okay. Because it was oh, so yeah, beautiful was looking at the hillside. The fi- uh, yeah. yeah, with Pato. Yeah, just, that was fun. Uh, I really, that was that was amazing. The one at the hatchery or the one at the rodeo? No, the one at the hatchery. Was okay. Just like for the second time, then Rooster yeah. Ra. Well, you guys, you guys, <laughs> I, I stayed with uh, uh, Icky Green and, yeah. and Philly. So, you know, nighttime was a cloud yeah. in that place, dude. And I'm not a, you know, yeah. I don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, I just, I love those ladies that did that whole thing at the front and everything. Yeah. And even though I was involved with the audio part, I, I, re- I just really had fun at that gig. Yeah, that was cool. Like, yeah, super, that was super one cool. of my first gigs with uh, Kimberly. She came out. Oh, was it? Yeah. Really? I didn't Not know. Not one of my first gigs. Cause that was, uh, when was that? That was probably five years ago, six years ago. Six years ago, and it was like September or, or August? Yeah, September-ish. Yeah. yeah, so we'd only been together for a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and one other one. The first gig at, at uh, Kern Brewery. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Stacked in the corner. Yeah. Do you remember what I said to you at the end of the night? No. You don't remember that? Uh-uh. Just one of those things that's like slips out of my mouth. Oh, uh, I don't know. What did you say? Do you remember what he was wearing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was wearing that, that cowboy shirt. Oh, got it. Got and it. That thing. Got it. Yeah. Yep. That was a fun gig. It was a fun gig. It was super fun. So what? T- let's talk about music today. Like, 
what do you guys think about the music today like that, that's out there and are you digging or who is it that you are enjoying well um who, what, any shows that you've gone to lately that you are digging on and kimberly and i went to go see um train back three four years ago at the hollywood bowl uh-huh oh my god that was a great show it was and they had a couple 80s like um bands open up for i can't remember the name. if i said their names you'd be you remember them but um it was really good they were amazing yeah, yeah. that was cool did you go um, see somebody recently that, yeah and we went to go see um volbeat yeah how was that who at volbeat they're from uh they're they're dutch a dutch huh. where'd you see them at? hard rock um there was at the uh what is that the palladium the palladium uh-huh. Uh-huh. no way that place that's right there on Hollywood, it's a really yeah, yeah, low, yeah. not, it's just one level. I think there's yeah. some, I think it was a Palladium, wow. but it was an amazing show. They had a thrash band open up for them, this like really aggro thrash. What is band. Volbeat? What are they? They're, they're so, they're, they're Dutch, but they're just like uh, hard rock. Um, they do a lot. They're obviously influenced by Elvis. So they do a lot of like, they'll have a couple songs that are totally like swing, you know, like Stray Cats stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then they'll go into a really hard kind of almost metal song. And then they have some pop stuff on their last album. Just it came out in COVID and it's just got some great songs on it. Huh. Yeah. Check wow. them out. Cool. What about you, TK? What do you think? Or is he, um, well, Robert, did you finish? Like, what other groups are you I mean, digging on? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you're like listening to, like that you're stoked on? And- um, you know, I just go back to like the police and yeah, when I'm practicing, I'll just listen to uh-huh. like Miss Gradenko by the police uh-huh. or that's a great song, right? Yeah. What do you, what do you think about the newer music that's coming out to these days? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, obviously some of the stuff is heavy on the electronic drums and, you know, Ableton and the beats and all that. And guys are playing like, you know, going back to playing those electronic uh, octopad things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just evolving. But um, I'm more, I think, drawn to stuff that's like, you know, real musicians are playing it and yeah. it's live stuff. So, yeah, like uh, uh, Bono's son has a band. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's really good. I can't huh. remember their name right now, but it's really, really good. Have you guys Sounds like you two like 30, 40 years ago? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to this uh, place called Vina Robles Amphitheater, you know, in, in Paso Robles? Uh-uh. Have you heard of it? I think I've heard of it. It's a, it's like the, the, the Santa Barbara Bowl. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that big. It's badass. So oh. basically from um, my house, it's like two hours exactly. Oh, wow. And so um, I told Kelly, I'm like, hey, um, we're going to go. I, I just got us some tickets to go see Stephen Marley and his nephew. Nice. Um, I think it's Kylie. Kylie, Kylie right. Marley. Yeah. And, um, I, and I didn't, you know, I haven't really listened to them at all, but I go, right. oh, I'm, we're going to go, you know, party over there and hang out and stuff. And and so uh, we got to the, the venue. The venue is unbelievable. Beautiful place. Sound system. The size of the Super county. stoked. Sounds huh? of the county bowl. It's yeah, but it's it's modern, you know, more, more super modern. Uh, yeah, the stage is beautiful. It's you know, it's just a wow. it's a really neat place. It's not gigantic, right? Um, it's like the size of the bowl, you know, Santa Barbara Bowl. Wow! But so if you ever go see, uh, I think that group was playing there, Volbeat. They were like actually they stopped there on yeah. their tour. Hmm. Um, but uh, so um, is it, it's Kylie Marley, I think his name is, and is it Kylie? I think so. Yeah, yeah, he was good, man. Yeah. He was good. He's super young, but he's, you know, he's they, they, all the brothers and he's a nephew. 
He's a nephew of, Coming up. of it's, Stephen. It's genetic. Yeah, it's Stephen Marley's nephew. And Which so, brother's son? Um, Damien? I, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> wow. But, wow. but anyway, Stephen's, you know, he's doing well. Yeah. You know, he's got some hit songs and yeah. stuff like that. So that was cool to see, um, you know, them play and, and yeah, I think I got contact eye for sure. Oh, down there. oh God. <laughs> down at the, um, down the stage because you could walk down to the stage. It was kind of cool. But anyways, what about you, TK? Um, what do you think about the stuff nowadays well, or what are you listening to? There's, there's some people that I'm listening to. There's a, uh, there's a, a woman, her name's ZZ Ward. And, uh, actually my daughter turned me on to her, but, uh, there's two or three people in kind of that genre that she does and, uh, that she sings in. And it, it reminds me of like, if you had the technology you have these days and you were Janice Joplin, <clears throat> you know, so their, their stuff is, is poetic. It's, uh, it's, um, what I want to say, heartfelt, you know, like when they're singing, there's emotion in the singing. So there's, that's, that's that one genre, which is way away from, you know, scar or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and then there's, fortunately, sometimes I get to work these events or small gigs where I see people up there singing where, or, or just playing that, uh, uh, I, I don't know who I would compare them to, but I'm just mesmerized by how good they are. You know, like it's it's like, go, geez, and and not not that somebody's better than somebody that way, but it's uh, I always appreciate it when somebody gets to sing the way they want to sing. So no matter whose song it is or what music they're playing, if it sounds like their song to me, that that impresses the crap out of me. You know, because I'm just going, wow. So the, the modern music, I, I I think, in a nutshell. What, what kind of scares me a little bit is that, you know, there's a lot of technology involved. And I'm one of those tech guys, so I get it. I'm a geek. Yeah. I get it. But, you know, I, I, I think because you have the ability to technologically do something mm-hmm. is irrelevant to the fact, to the music you're listening to. So some of that stuff is obviously driven by record sales and all those kind of things. I get that. But I for me, I've gotten to listen and work on some stuff and even our stuff too is, is that, um, you know, I don't approach it from this is the kick drum somebody has, or this is the snare. And that has a tendency because the technology is so advanced to come back to, you know, compared to the tape days that you can do that. And so to me, I always worry that everybody wants to slant what they're doing towards what you hear on the radio. And I always kind of think, well, wait a minute, you know, stuff got on the radio. Like if you look at what happened in Seattle and all, you know, the, the waves that happened in there because those people were just playing. So I, I have a tendency more to like something that I hear that I can't recognize that particular kick drum or that snare hit from something else because I know they actually played it. So I'm, right. a, little, I'm a little jaded that way. Yeah. So like I like ZZ Ward and some of these people, if you listen to what they're doing, there's a, there's a person that sings here in Ventura that's going to be singing like next week. That's got this in- incredible voice. Nobody's of course, you know, pushing her or any of that kind of stuff. And I actually did a little session thing with her a few years back. And I was just sitting there going, man, you know, somebody needs to work with this person. So I, I guess I'm more impressed by people I hear. Cause obviously anybody that's made it is very yeah. talented. There's no sure. question about that, but some, to get to hear something locally or something that I wasn't expecting and go, wow. Is this chick local? Yeah, ZZ Ward. No, no, no. ZZ. Oh. I don't know where ZZ's from. Oh. There's two or three people like her, but she's r- really one other band stuff. I've been listening to. 
is um so um andrew pack is a drummer from oxnard he's a rapper and uh-huh. a drummer really you not not super technical but very you know heavy on the like funk Groove. old school okay. funk right and so he hooked up with um bruno mars and they have you probably heard silk sonic yeah. is the name of their new band right and they have this song called seven 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 like rolling sevens yeah it is so huh, funky insane. it's yeah. and he raps on it the drummer raps on it uh-huh. and his rap so it's not as just, poppy as a typical bruno stuff or well top 40 i mean bruno opens up the song and he sings you know he's, he's a great singer and yeah. a phenomenal drummer but andrew pack has just got this you got you guys got to check it we'll check it out huh. after the this is over and uh-huh. trip. it's just that See, that, that's because what they're what doing like. is they went back to like the 70s he's got like a 20 piece band he's got you know two bass players and it's all real music yeah and it's kind of reintroducing this to the kids and the kids you know 17 16 15 they're like oh, goes wow. around oh. cycles goes in circles music. Man. you know yeah. it's real music they're a real band playing this See, stuff I actually i actually believe that with all the you know credits gone on in the last couple of years that that you know, sometimes things like that pave the way for things what quote unquote we call new, and really it's it's not it's, it's been all done it's, before. It's all been done before, but, but, but the point is 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 for what we're where we came from, what we listen to. There's a whole genre of people that have no idea what that is. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And so when 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 that comes forth, it's going to have a different effect on you. You know, so I, I mean, it I depends think, on who's re- bringing it back. Like Bruno Mars brings it back, then everyone's like, "Oh my God, it's amazing!" Yeah, right. So, so, so you guys, so there's this there's this kid on YouTube who's created a whole YouTube channel, and he listens to old music, right? And he's like, you know, this modern kid. He's I don't know, twenty two or twenty three, and so he he's all man. I just got somebody told me to listen to this. And it's uh, Leonard Skinner, um, Sweet Home Alabama. I've never heard it before, but I'm going to listen to it for the first time. And, um, he, you know, he's like inner city kid, you know, ne- yeah. never listened to like that kind of music at all. And it is awesome because yeah. he's just like on the guitar solos and all that. He just, he, he stops it and he runs around the room. He's all, what? <laughs> he's just like, what is this? And then he'll play it again. And he's just like listening to it go. <laughs> No way. <laughs> He's just super stuck. It's, it's really cute. It, it's, yeah, it's really it's, cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's real because those things, yeah. it's, it's like we've been around in a genre. I mean, if you think about it, like if you say the word like ADC, ACDC, when they're gone, there will never be another ADC. ADC. You know, that's, yeah. Just, that's, yeah, it's, and not that they're better than somebody or worse than somebody. It's just the sound. That, that sound does not. It's, it's like three guys got together, or four guys, two brothers, and started jamming. And went, oh, let's just do this. Good day, mate. We're yeah. gonna have rock. <laughs> so, hey, so that's d- neat. So, do you have a particular like when you listen to uh, bands and drums? Is there like a certain kind of like a uh, snare drum sound that you like really like like that some some guys playing you know i, I can think of one right now that is like kind of kind of makes it unique to their band you know what i mean like yeah. if you listen to the the just the snare drum in itself makes uh, you can actually go oh that's that band yeah for sure you like know? the Stuart copeland has a certain way yep. he, he uh-huh. hits his snare you put it's called the power stroke you hit mm-hmm. the head and the rim at the same time uh-huh. it's just I mean, when he was playing the police were playing his whole kit was going like this it was yeah. vibrating vibrating yeah. which yeah. is like he's such a 
active yeah. player, but for sure. I mean, you know, Sly, Sly Dunbar or, or yeah. Robbie, you know, Shakespeare, uh, the drums, even though they're electronic drums, yeah, just the way he's playing the hi-hat and the uh-huh. kick and the snare, you just thought, oh, yes. that's him. Okay. Or, you know. Um, One that comes to my mind is, the, I don't know his name, but is the drummer for 311. You oh, know their snare? Yeah. It's, a, it's got a distinct sound. Yep. Is that, like, is, is that like a piccolo snare? It's, no, a, it's a piccolo snare. Are you snare. sure it's not the, the uh, what's the, the Ludwig one? I can't remember think of the name of it. Popcorn, popcorn. It's snack? one of the, it's one of those, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's, 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 it's like that. Probably that. It's distinct, that, though, right? Very yeah. distinct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you hear that band, you know, oh, that's or you hear the drums before you hear the vocals. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, that's or John Bonham. Right. Yeah. yeah John Bonham's. Yeah, you know, everyone loves John Bonham, but yeah, there's definitely a sound, and and for sure, there's certain things drummers do, like Phil Collins. Yeah, right. You know, it's Phil Collins when you hear him, the way, you know, that intro to that song. Uh, yeah. Got it. Night, no. and I know. I was just listening. Bah, bah, it's, that's yeah. Phil Collins. Right. You know. So, yeah, for sure. So, what what do you guys think's in the future for our band, uh, The Stoneflies, as far as musically or, you know, uh, get anything out else? and play some gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think, TK? Um, oh, that's a good question. I kind of think. I mean, I, how many how, how many songs do we have in the back burner? Like six 12? or seven or something yeah, like that. So yeah, so they're almost. Um, we have a we have we have another album. Like it's just twelve at least. Yeah, right? we have I, another album. We're just having to fin- we just have to finish. And this is this is a weird thing to say, but from because this is me stepping out of what I do. But um, I kind of think back like um, I wish I knew who and what we were. Because people ask me that sometimes, and mm-hmm. I don't know, we're just well, we're just playing music, you know. So regular but, guys, but you know, when you have to express it class. to somebody, like if they've heard you, that's different, right? And once you play, and people go, "Yeah, they're cool, whatever." Um, you know, how do you describe? And I hate to say this word in this conversation, but the word marketing comes to mind. Right. So you know, you 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 have to put a a sign that says, you know, I'm a mass murder, whatever it is, you got to put something on there that says who you are. And so I don't, I spend so much time not wanting to think about that, 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 and to be honest, I actually can't you like, uh, I don't know. I honestly do not know. I just know that when we play together, it sounds cool. You know? So I I don't, it's like, if there's somebody out there that knows what the hell it is, let me know. So I can explain it to somebody because I don't really get it. I would just say we're like, uh, obviously a mix of ska, reggae, rock, yeah, but what um, what if what if, if you, and, and I don't want to go back to the old days, but what if you go back and you look at something like an ACDC? I'll even say like the Lion Eyes, for example. There was at the point that Lion Eyes got popular, there wasn't a place for them in a record store, right? Because it was like because it was all blues, this and that, right? Yeah. So, so what if you create something like the Seattle Sounds or something like that, where it just happens to be a sound that you don't really can pigeonhole? So, you know, sometimes those things evolve where people dis- decide what they're going to call you and, and there's that way right well that happened with fishbone too that you remember that fishbone yeah. was like playing all those you know uh big gigs and they were like everyone's like oh my god they're just gonna but they were so all over the place yeah that no one could like put in like the record comes like well, where what is this where do we put it in you know well yeah but i i think that like an unbelievable i, I kind of think that that what we're doing okay this is a synopsis i think kind of think what we're doing if you just hear it in passing, 
it's it's a little poppy, a little groovy, da 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 da. But if he if you start picking apart and listen to the rhythmic structures or different things that are going on, there's more musical stuff going on there than you realize. Yeah, you know. So to me, I don't know what that means these days. I I, I think it's typically uh, happy stuff. I mean, it's 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 not you know negative. It's not you know painting bad pictures about anything. And to me, most of the music, for lack of a better term, sounds hopeful to me. Well, guys' lyrics, too, are also like like taking, coming from maybe a bad situation, let's say, and then like marking that, naming that in the song, not saying per se what it is, but this is a bad situation and I'm going to change this and get you. No. Yeah. So that, <laughs> no, I, that's, but, that's what I mean by hopeful. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, positive. you know, at the end of the whole thing, you know, that was a cool experience. So if I listen to a song and I've heard these songs like 400,000 million times, billion times, you know, it's kind of like I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know, I may get tired of listening to something over and over, but I never left uh, a long day of doing that where uh, I had a bad feeling. Yeah. So right. it's really cool to have a good feeling about something, whether it's art, music or whatever. So I guess to me, it's, it's like, it's a hopeful thing to me. I just don't know how you say that in musical terms. I mean, uh, yeah, <clears throat> the, uh, I think the music it, itself is, uh, you know, it's definitely original. It's, it's fun. Um, you know, it was really cool. What'd you guys think about, uh, or, you know, did you guys get any feedback from us being on KLOS and, and all that? Um, it did. Which, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I did too. Um, you want to share that? What did you, my, my uncle, uh, Rick, uh, Richard Burgess, he listened to it and he was like, Oh man, I'm so cool to mm -hmm. hear it on the radio. Like hear you're you playing drums on the radio. And, and for me, it was just it actually brought me to tears. Awesome. It's to hear us that go, go from, you know, just playing gigs, gigs, gigs. And then all of a sudden we're on KLOS. It was just really emotional yeah. and yeah. really positive, but cool. Um, not too many, not too many comments, but a few. Yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead. Oh, I just, I'm. Oh, just listening. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I, I, I came back to Ventura. I don't know a month ago or something like that, and I was in a restaurant, and 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 a few people came up to me and were like, "Dude, I heard heard you guys on the on KLOS. It was awesome, man. I was chilling on the beach, man, and <laughs> Stoneflies came on, and I was like, awesome, man, and it was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool to to hear." Another a, a gal up in Kernville. I'm I'm sitting there on the porch of the fly shop, and this gal walks up, and she's all, "How come you guys aren't playing at the Kernville Festival? You know the you know in the park or whatever." Oh yeah. And uh, I go, I, you know, I don't know. And she's all, I'm going to talk to them. You know, <laughs> you guys need to play in that. You know, she's an older lady. That's and, me. You know, <laughs> and um, which was cool. You know, it's good good to get feedback like that. You know, yeah. and uh, you guys haven't been playing. We really want you guys to play here. And, you know, well, let's do cool. the, the um, beer fest in October. Huh. If we can. That, yeah. That's kind of pretty close. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. Or not. You know, I actually, yeah. uh, Mike texted me. Oh, uh huh. I sort of, that was like a super busy week for me, you know, doing that stuff I do. Yeah. And, um, I get this text. I think I was on location, whatever I was doing. And, uh, I'm going, what the hell is he talking about? He's going, dude, I was, you know, or whatever. We're listening to kill us. And I'm sitting going, that's the flies, you know, and he's like going on and he's, and I'm going, really? And because it, I wasn't in that 
frame of mind at the time. Sure. So to me, being the geeky person that I am, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I know the music good, so I'm not worried about that. It's like well, you spend you know, a lot like of time a, mastering them the radio. radio. So yeah. I always like I I'm waiting for somebody to say they didn't like something. Like if something's bad on the radio, it's pretty hard to make because the radio has so much compression, engineering stuff. Um, it's if it was really bad there, which I don't see how it could be, but it's if it was, uh, then. I, that would have, but that was in my head the whole time. So I was like, I don't even want to think about this stuff. Right. Like either people like it or they don't. That's one thing, but it's, I'm always on that back. Well, we know thing. one thing that it's reggae music is very easy to play, right, guy? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they said. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? And I, uh, it was uh, funny that it would be the Vin.com. He's one like, of the guys, all, he's all. He's all, I could tell. Don't take this the wrong way, guy. But. He's all, well, the other thing he said was, I could tell that guy just took a bong hit before he sang. I'm like, Dude, I didn't take the bong hit. <laughs> he said, he said, you know, don't take this the wrong way, guy, but, you know, reggae music's not that hard to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird. And, and I would agree if you're playing classical music, but, yeah. but, Eat, but the, the space, the simpler, uh, that would be the same comment. If you listen to good country, like I'm talking Boca Owens, yeah. you yeah. know, like the people that I call country. Country is, that's. I don't know if anybody's ever had to do that, but to go up and play bass in a country gig and not make a mistake because it's so exposed. It's so, exposed. It's so in the right timing. Yep. Every, the note, every single note is right the right length. You don't mess that up. That's not easy to do. No. You know, and to just be like totally focused to play yeah. that correctly. But that's the same with reggae. Yeah, it's, it's the same with reggae, dude. If you're, but if even you're not. Stuff's, complicated if, you if know? the attacks aren't in the right place that whole thing that whole groove falls apart totally and you can tell when you go see somebody that doesn't do it like the all the marley stuff like people think they just you know the whole stoner idm whatever that is those guys played countless amount of hours together before they ever play oh, yeah. anywhere live well even you know? even um um the oldest marley son so, uh, Ziggy. Ziggy. Yeah. I, cause when I was playing down there with those guys, you know, fully and, and, and I was talking about, um, I was talking to the drummer on a break and he's the percussionist, but not the drummer cause Santa Davies is the drummer for Ziggy Marley. But he said they, they sound, so they rehearse for like two or three hours before they sound check and then they do the gig. Yeah. yeah I can, I can see doing yeah. that. Like all the time. So, so does Eric Clapton, I heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's weird is I don't think people understand is like like music when you appreciate it is because whoever's playing it gives you that sensation and, and that's a, you're transmitting a feeling to somebody right so I've always looked at thing it's the difference between a three piece and an eight piece oh. horn section or horn, you know, huge band yeah. if you're a three piece doing three piece jazz there's no room there's nobody to look at you know you're pretty much done and so if there's an eight-piece band or twelve-piece band, it's even more difficult yeah. to nail simplicity without making a mistake. So yep. the, the argument that that guy, or, you know, that guy said that comment, yep. you know, that uh, don't get this wrong, but you know, this is easy to play. Well, so you've got blues, which right. is one, four, five. Yeah. You know, that's not difficult to play. No, you've got rock and roll, which is usually three chords. Yeah. Right. And you know, so what's he comparing it to? Is he comparing it to like you know jazz fusion or? <laughs> sure uh, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, I, I didn't really understand what he was saying. Yeah, you he know, did like, great by not even yeah. just like yeah. he didn't even <laughs> well, you, respond you know what to I, it. But. I think it's. I don't think that I don't look at that as a negative. I look at that as as 
you know, there's a person that, that, you know, pick up like in, in terms of a skank or something, you know, pick yeah. up a, a key and I'll show you something later today, but pick up a key and you try to hold a skank in a groove perfectly yeah. for three and a half minutes and straight don't mess with everybody up. else. Yeah. I don't care if you're playing one freaking chord. Ding, ding. If, if you don't be. focus on what you're doing, you know, where like there's a lot of, because, you know, I did a lot of the rock stuff and blue stuff. Uh, and, and I got a comment about that after you're done. Go yeah. Ahead. So I'm, I'm just saying when, when, when I was doing that stuff, there's a lot of freedoms. It wasn't about, you know, something where like, you know, straight country where, you know, you know, a metronome back in those days, you know, we didn't have digital stuff. Yeah. It's like, if you didn't do that, whoever you're playing with turns, especially if it's a singer, you know, or a soloist, they're turning around going, you know, you get the look, right? Like, what the what hell are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> you're going, I'm playing the same three notes. What do you mean? <laughs> you aren't playing in the right place, dude. Yeah. You know, so I've never looked at anything. I always think that regardless of the complexity of the actual arrangement, it's it's how you play it that makes it right. So simple, hard, difficult, it's irrelevant. If 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 you're getting a good feel off of something, exactly. then we're doing something right. So yeah. here's a good example, man. Uh, Jimmy Cliff, one chord, C minor, and he got a Grammy. Oh, yeah. yeah. For <laughs> yeah. one more, for the song One More. Yeah. More. And it's one, one, of my one songs. chord. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple breaks and stuff like that, but yeah. I mean... Yeah. That's as simple as it gets, but yeah, it's, it's the way he song. sings it. It's the background vocals. It's, it's just, the bass lines, the groove. And remember I mean, that gig that we, uh, we, we went and saw. We went and saw uh, Jimmy. Didn't go, dude. We, no, it, I, I was working. It was so uh, Jimmy Cliff at the <laughs> Santa Monica Pier. Santa Monica Pier. It was insane. Thousands yeah. and thousands insane. and thousands of people. Wow, it was so it was good. unbelievable. It was I mean, the whole beach. The whole beach, as far as you could see, was thousands of people. They had screens up there, both sides, the beach. and the pier where he was playing. Thousands of people. It was wow. the, the biggest. Do you remember the biggest show I've ever been towards to? Towards the end of that, I, I was like going. I, I remember saying, so, "I don't know if you were standing there, my cousin." Somebody was. And I was like going, "Man, I hope he does one more. Not not one more." Yeah. But like, and he goes, "Well, I'm going to do one more." Yeah. And he did one more, and the place went. And the place nuts. just went, went freaking nuts. You know, all the That's cops amazing. were even, and the cops were like getting. And, <laughs> All the smoke was going into the cops. It was hilarious. <laughs> and they were, like, it was so they were fun. grooving. Remember, you wouldn't talk to him. Do you remember yeah, when yeah. you asked him? He goes, hey, where is there? Are you guys there? getting contact high? But <laughs> <laughs> you asked him if there's any any problems. He said, not one. Yeah. It's like 22,000 people it was, were there. It was unbelievable. I wish yeah. I would have seen it. It but, was so fun, yeah. dude. I think my brother was there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot if of your I family. Can add yeah. this on a separate note. So yeah. right now, I'm just you know getting ready for a local pickup gig with Dave Grosby. Okay, but yeah. it's a lot of old reggae music, some like you know, um, Whalers and old school stuff. Where's this at tonight, by the way? Oh, it's just uh, Tony's Pizzeria. Oh, where we're oh, going? That, I guess where we're going tonight, huh? TK. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, <laughs> so my point of saying this is that a lot of the stuff is very basic. You know, it's just drums yeah. and bass, and I'm really having to like like really pay attention it's not it because it's just you know you're just the one drop and making sure you don't flam your kick and snare yep. your kick and rim shot and it's like wow i haven't done a reggae gig and last time i played with david was i don't know before covid is this it's just his gig it's his uh he's just got picked up by big mountain by the way oh he's, he's doing playing with them? them yeah awesome hey, good. yeah they're playing in bakersfield uh with ub40 it's ub40 the whalers maxi priest and big mountain 
in August. You guys, you guys pro- probably come to that. And that's a whole other story. We don't have time to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. If, I, if I'm if I'm off, I I can. It's cool. It's, it's outdoors. Sure. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, man. That'll be yeah. fun. Um, but you really reggae is is not some simple music. You know, it's very it's very soulful. Really, really people pay attention. That. Yeah. Point. And you know, uh, the guy from KLOS, you know, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> whatever. I still don't look at that as a negative. But yeah. still, it was really cool to be on KLOS. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I remember, you Pops know, another guy's manager for and guy for doing that. Yeah, I. You know, what was also cool was I remember the first time Lion Eyes was played on the radio um, on K Tide. Yeah, and I was driving in Oxnard, and I was listening to K Tide and. You know, uh, pressure came on the radio, and I was just like, I pulled over. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was pretty cool. What we about? did an interview. We did it in yeah. studio with those guys, yeah. right? Yeah, but that was pretty cool. I think I think then. I was there, right? Yeah, and then yeah. it was on their rotation for a while, which and was cool. Also, um, um, Papanada, yeah, destination, um, destination. I was on. driving this guy to the airport, and I'm like, yeah, playing a band, and then. Came I'm on. like, by the way, there's the band I play. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, it's right on the radio. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's weird. Huh? What a trip. Anyway, well, right on, you guys. This is uh, the Stoneflies, and uh, I want to thank them for being on the on the show. Um, you guys can check out uh, the Stoneflies um, on Instagram at at Stoneflies, and Stoneflies is spelled. F-L-Y-S, so don't put I-E-S, but F-L-Y-S if you guys want to check them out. Um, also on their Facebook and also um, on uh, their website, which is stoneflyesmusic.com. And uh, look for some more videos coming out. Um, I think that's probably going to be our our uh, our next project for sure. I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure that will probably be our next project. You think so? I think yes. All right. Cool. Well, say bye, you guys. Robert Raquel, TK. Aloha. Thanks for having us. Right.